2: If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
1: Welcome to the Cow Corner Podcast with me, the dolly dropper, James Hurl, and the king of the hoppers, Joss Elliott. For your latest dose of all things Shropshire Cricket, Okay and uh welcome to this episode of Cow Corner and again uh we are out and about and we're in a different location and today we're in a part of the um, well Shropshire that I think many of you have probably been to before and uh we've had the well wonderful privilege of uh coming down to Woodstock Cricket Company uh where we've had a look at some of their fantastic bats in the the workshop and uh, uh John the man himself has kind of sh- kindly shown us around and uh yeah um, it's been an absolutely fantastic afternoon. And, uh, yeah, so the first thing is, John, uh, why don't you just introduce yourself?
3: Yeah, my name's John I, um We moved here nine years ago from Sussex originally. I worked for Newbury for seven years prior to starting Woodstock cricket. Um, as we, I'm sure some of you know. I've probably told you all when you've been here. Um, but, uh, yeah, we moved here... my wife's mother lived fairly near to here and it was just a perfect spot to relocate a lovely part of the country as well and um obviously we um we had a great sort of first few weeks here with different just coincidences and introductions Mm. to people um i knew ed foster originally or from from when he was down at newbury used to get some gear from us and ed came and visited us and um, and the word got round really so and it's gone from strength to strength really Um, we at Newbury we we the company was sold and um, I was going to stay on there but ended up not not uh, it wasn't the route for me so uh, we started in a very small uh, workshop in the back of our house house down in uh, Sussex at the time and um, it, it took off pretty quickly um and uh, and it it became apparent you know I didn't want to get a separate business premises, so mm. we wanted to work from home, so it became apparent
4: mm. you
3: know to to come near to my wife's mother as well, which she needed she wanted to do and it was a beautiful spot to find we've managed to find a great place to make the bats and have mm. a workshop and everything here.
1: So you talk about newbury and all and you're starting but how did you how did you get into kind of making bats in the whole kind of industry
3: um well um a good friend of mine um Tim Keeley, who owned Newbury at the time um and he makes bats still now but um he 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 taught me really um and um but i when I was down at Newbury, I was really dealing with mainly the Um, running the company really and dealing with all the contract pros as well Um, so I wasn't so much on the manufacturing side there Mm. so it was more towards the end of that period at Newbury where I I learned some skills you know on making the bats from the one of the masters one of the greatest bat bat makers ever really Mm. and um, so I took those you know that great advice and mm. and started making myself you know, mm. and uh, obviously wasted a few clefts first of all, <laughs> as you do <laughs> and um but but over that period of time it you know hopefully the bats got better mm. and better, and uh you know I had a good idea of what the the best some of the best players in the world mm. like to use, mm. having you know looked after Tendulkar and various other Indian players that used to visit yeah. at Hove when we were down there. And South Africans as well Jacques Callis, came and got some bats and just knowing what they liked and the yeah. quality of the product and just the shapes that they were looking at I thought if it's good enough for them it's going to be good enough for <laughs> anyone else so um, what most what we tended to do then we tended to make much smaller bats for the yeah. for the general public than the bats that, that we could make so I, would, I tried with Woodstock to make I always try and make the the best profiles possible you Mm. know that we can make um four guys at 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 the best possible prices i can do really Mm. you know without um you know cricket bats are very expensive now as i'm (laughs) sure you know you know (laughs) so we try to keep it competitive and stuff so
1: so, you're talking about looking after a lot of the contracted pros. Were there any kind of uh, interesting, kind of, <laughs> uh, what, what would the word be? Kind of well, like, uh, what 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 they wanted, really, kind of thing? Like any demands? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Well, yeah, one of them was, um, in fact, it's a bit awkward. I mean, because Mark Rambrakash was contracted to Grey Nichols, but we used to make all his bats down at Newbury. No way. And uh, so, Mark was incredibly fussy on what he liked I hope yeah. he's not listening to this otherwise <laughs> I'm, I'm struggling but no Nick and I used to, to do that down mm. there but um, but no he used to come and want us to double bind and then change but Mark used to work, have his own little workshop at home where he'd fiddle around with his bats but um, he he was such a great player really mm. in that he used the same bat for mm. two and a half seasons and he scored 2,000 runs two years in a row in the first-class cricket, which was Mm. absolutely phenomenal. Um, And he used the same bat. And he only went in the the end, it broke in the shoulders um, through the third season. Mm. So he tended to use one bat for that and then another couple of bats for the short Mm. 50-over stuff, really, at the time. Um, But, yeah.
1: So So in all your time, you're talking about kind of like a batsman using uh, his bat for, for... Rampakash uses his bat for two and a half seasons yeah. kind of thing. Uh, have you seen much of a change in the kind of longevity yeah. of bats with everything that's been going on?
3: Yeah, I mean, with T20 cricket, obviously people are trying to smash it out of the ground if they're mishitting it a bit more. Yeah. And in the practice, in the nets as well, they're obviously trying mm. to work on hitting 90-mile-hour an Yorkers, you know, and and you're not going to do much, you know, especially with a solid floor underneath. It's not going to help the bats, is yeah. it? so yeah generally guys get through especially the t20 hitters tend to get through more bats nowadays mm. um but most pros i would say they would probably go through three mm. three or four bats a year maybe mm. you know some of the guys that just play in the championship will be may just use two bats through the season you know may mm. just have two bats um but most of the guys have got sort of four or five bats on the go that they mm. can you know, switching for the different formats and stuff as well. So, so if you're a contracted professional
1: at Woodstock, something that, <laughs>
3: yeah. yeah,
1: something like me and probably the majority of people are listening to this podcast on everything. How many, how many kind of bats are you looking to provide them for the year then? The four or five? Yeah, or you no, looking I mean, to,
3: you know, for example, Joe Leach, who's the Worcester captain, obviously. Mm. Um, I don't know whether he's still captain this year. I think he might be club captain. I'm not sure. But anyway, J- Joe would have. Um, he's obviously batting late middle order. So I mean, but Joe Joe would probably only go through three of three bats a year, mm. I would think. Whereas if you get someone, you know, who's 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 more either lower middle order,
4: mm.
3: um, guy Ben Rain who plays for uh, Durham, he's he spends quite a lot of time at the crease. Mm. He'll probably go through five, you know, maybe up to five bats a year. Mm. So, but. You know, you obviously see guys coming out Mm. with eight bats they bring out for them Mm. to have a look at. They're not going to use all of those all Mm. the time, obviously. But, um, yeah, again, it depends how straight you play. I mean, if if Mm. if you're not, you know, if you're not misusing a bat, it should last a lot longer, obviously. So Mm. it depends how big a hitter you are and everything else, really. So. Mm. So
1: when you're looking, if you were kind of giving someone some advice, so if someone's looking to come and get a, a bat for themselves, for example, what kind of things would you say to be looking for um, in kind of like the uh, bat purchasing kind of process? What kind of what kind of like key, key things?
3: Yeah, absolutely key thing is obviously that you've got to feel extremely comfortable with the mm. balance and pick-up of a bat really more, mm. probably more so than even the shape and look of it really. Mm. um. If you can get both of those together so mm. you can get the shape th- that suits your eye and the perfect balance that mm. for you, then obviously you've got a bat that's... And I can tell you whether it works or not, obviously, <laughs> hopefully. <yeah. laughs> but no, obviously it needs, to, it needs to perform well as well, which mm. is key. So that's down to us to make sure the bats perform well. Um, but obviously if they perform well, the key thing really is obviously, like you tell all kids when they're starting as mm. well, doesn't want to be too heavy for you really Mm. does it It needs to be nicely balanced with a nice pickup really Mm. um obviously handle shape something that some people like to change you know Mm. we tend to do oval handles but some people like a round handle so Mm. we can make any handle people want really so we do Mm. do custom bats if people want them as well
1: Oh, fantastic so you do you do a range of bats what kind of what what are the differences
3: in standard and how can you kind how how do you grade different standards of bat well the, the we buy the clefts from the willow dealer so mm. you know in terms of percentage we only can buy about 10 percent of the top grade willow and the rest is is second third grade and fourth grade
4: mm.
3: i'm fortunate that i buy with a guy who makes a lot of Sort of lower grade bats for actually for certain other countries really, um, which is ideal because it means I get a slightly higher percentage of top grade willow, um, but really, um, yeah, that the, the grade of the willow is, is um, down to I have to regrade when when the willow comes in sometimes from the willow dealer because sometimes it's not all that you can you can, you can get thirty or forty percent of the top grade one. That really is grade two willow, and and sometimes you'll get grade two and grade three willow that that we get that actually we could easily mm. change to a grade one. So it, it it's you know it's about I look at every single cleft and piece of willow mm. that comes in and and regrade it really mm. as to what we think it's worth. You know, in terms of one performance, two look. You know, um, it's got to be minimum seven grains for top grade, straight without any swirls in it, um, Mm. and ideally no, you know, there can be the odd little twig mark in the face, but it doesn't Mm. want to be anything big at all. Mm. Otherwise, you've got to downgrade that piece of willow, really, to a lower grade. In terms of actual performance, sometimes you can get bats that are grade three that will just play extremely well. Mm. But generally, if the grade threes are normally slightly wider grain, and may, may just have five grains on them, they do. They do tend to last quite well. Those, mm. but sometimes they're just not quite as soft, so they will be a little bit harder feeling. Mm. Um, and that's what you're paying for when you go for a top grade cleft, obviously. Mm. So, is there like is there much
1: of a difference between kind of like there's two tone bats and there, and just like a single tone bat? Is there? Kind yeah, of...
3: I mean, with the with willow, it comes as it comes in the clefts. Mm. It's down to the the amount of heartwood in the centre of the tree. Mm. The redwood is the heartwood in the centre of the tree. Mm. It's fractionally softer. Mm. Some people think it's called hardwood. It's not. No, it's it. actually heartwood. It's actually just... Fra- so ideally, if you're a right-handed batsman, you'd want it on your outside edge because the mm. damage on bats is always... Bottom inside edge, really, is always mm. the danger area for any batsman in terms of you know damage on their bats. So, yeah, if you're left-handed, you'd want it on your outside edge. And again, mm. right-handed, you want it... On your on your outside edge, the different mm. side. So yeah. So you've got uh, so you've got the Tour de
1: Force, you've got the Airstream, you've got um, trying to... classic. The, yeah. the classic. Yeah. What's um, what's the, what's the, the f- kind of difference between them and w- what what's most popular?
3: The the Tour de f- We started originally with two bats: the Tour de Force and the Curve. Mm. And the Tour de Force is a classic, um, fairly lowish middle bat but not 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 mm. super low but with um, a fairly high spine and mm. in curve and about 35 to 37 millimeter edges and it used to have a round very much a round face which is a more traditional face on it and it's quite a tra- i say it's traditional it's not traditional as mm. in the bats that we used to make 20 30 years ago it's, mm. but it it's not as big as some of the big bats that have come mm. out since then but it's been very, very popular. I can make them fairly in fairly lightweight um, bats. Um, so that's a, been a popular bat, mainly an oval handle on that bat is what we do. Um, the Airstream has got slightly, it was brought out, again, a similar position in the middle. So mm-hmm. it's, a, it's third up, two thirds down, um, fairly big edges, up to 40 mil really. Mm-hmm. Um, which is the new legal limit, we used to make some at forty five mil before that mm. um and around sixty five maximum spine, so the spines are quite big as well, so they tend to be round about two nine to two eleven in weights mm. so, but they 're big but with very good 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 pickups and a slightly flatter face press on them as well rather than the slightly rounded face on the tour de fours. Mm. um the actually the other original bat we we had was the curve, which we don't really sell much of now. Apart from actually, funnily enough, in Australia where the middle's a lot higher on the curve, it was mm. a bat that Murray Goodwin, Goodwin used to use. Actually, mm. when I was down at Newbury, um, he really you know he brought it into us and said, "I want something similar to this in terms of the position." Mm. Bouncy pitches in Australia, you want a slightly higher middle. So whereas obviously over here we get lower, slightly slower pitches generally. Mm. Um, so the Curve, we're doing a couple of different... They're, they're in a light blue label mainly. But, um, mm. And then the Classic is the, the probably our most recent bat, which is more of a fuller profile mm. um, with a, again, third, two-thirds, mm. but it's got a full profile. So that's a, been a very popular bat for some mm. people. Um, weighs about two ten mm. normally. Can get them down to two eight if I work really hard, um, and and a good looking bat as well. You know, mm. um, the other bat we do sell some of, which is based on a sort of a ten style mm. bat, is the Tour de Force XL, which has got a much lower middle, but again mm. with a full profile similar to the classic, but just mm. with a lower middle. Joe Leach likes those mm. um, at Worcester. He tends to use those now. Um, which is very popular, and and Jack Taylor down at Gloucester's just had a few of those as well for this season.
1: Mm. Yeah, I was just about to ask that. I was going to oh, say, okay. <laughs> no, that's good, that's good. So it's kind of like because uh, you're talking about like Jack Callis and Tendulkar and things like this. Did you take like did did you take much of kind of what they were doing kind of into the bats that you've got now? Is basically what I was going to ask. Really.
3: Yeah, I think it's just a mix of every, every you know of, of seeing what the mm. best players I mean. You know Tendulkar used to at the time was using two thirteen finished bats, so a heavy mm. bat really you know relative for a pro mm. a lot of the Indian guys like really thin handles and use bats that are t- no more than two ten finished, you know
4: mm.
3: um we hear a lot on the t v obviously of bats that are two seven and mm. two eight i tell you now, it's a lot of nonsense, most of it, really. There's very, very few pros that use bats at 2.7. Mm. Um, that would mean you'd need to make it at 2.5 before mm. it's got any grip on it, and it just wouldn't be big enough to uh, mm. to for them to be happy with it. So mm. they're, they're basically very well-balanced pro bats, obviously, because mm. they're doing it for a living, so you've got to produce mm. the best possible bats for them, really.
1: Mm. What's the kind of average for then? If you are looking, if you are looking at your just average pro. What kind of
3: what kind of specs are they looking at having? Well, again, um, like I just said, really, um, the classic is quite popular with the pros. Yeah. Interestingly, um, uh, Tim Ambrose at Warwickshire, obviously, yeah. um, Tim's always used our Airstream, and um, which is quite a high middle. But then he's a cutter and puller, very much a fairly mm. short guy, plays off the back foot a lot. Um, and he's always loved the the airstream, so he doesn't use a low middle at all. Um, whereas you'll get some guys, i.e. Jack Taylor, who's a bit of a sort of middle middle order smacker, really. I mean, he, he smashes <laughs> it out the ground fairly often. Um, Jack likes it fairly low down mm. in the blade, you know. Playing at Gloucester as well, it's quite mm. a lowish pitch down at the mm. county ground in Bristol, so. Mm.
1: So, kind of moving away from this and kind of going on to what is probably now your peak season. Uh, yeah. What's what kind of like how 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 does your year kind of go in relation to like a cricket
3: a cricket season? Busy busy at the beginning and then yeah, so, it's so. funny. I mean, it's fairly steady all year round. Having mm. having said that, yeah, you know, there's a little surge before Christmas, but basically after Christmas, all the way up through to June, mm. July. It's busy. Mm. Um, the real busy period, we do a lot of refurbs as well mm. on bats each year. Um, the refurbs are mad at the moment. It's just, mm. uh, you know, everyone's realised the season's starting <laughs> fairly soon and they've got to get their bat looked after with yeah. the, some cracks in it. Um, so, yeah, the but it keeps busy. Mm. We're, we're busy all the way through. We have a little dry spell mm. after I've sent out bats to... Our Australian distributors, really. Um, so we tend to send those out in about end of August time. Mm. Um, and then October, just before the Christmas stuff starts to come, October's mm. a fairly quiet month normally. Mm. But obviously if we've had some, you know, late England success during the summer, it tends to keep going, you yeah. know. And obviously with, you know, um, private school cricket is, is is booming really mm. there's an there's coaching all year round um so we get a lot of uh, youngsters still buying stuff all year round mm. really um so it's fairly steady mm. but yeah there are definite se- you know seasons mm. and now prior to you know f- from middle of january through mm. to the start of the season is probably the busiest period yeah so what how many what kind of numbers are you looking to do in the kind of like in
1: a year how many
2: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com/host.
1: How yeah, I many kind of you look like shifting?
3: Yeah, well, we we tend to limit our production to, to you know on purpose. I do that really. Mm. I mean, we we sell about eleven, twelve hundred men's bats a year normally, and we're we're happy to do that. You mm. know. I'm not after trying to make five thousand bats a year, which <laughs> you know we used to make down at Newbury, well, 4,000 at newbury um but you know so I'm very happy i' just I'm trying to work on quality mm-hmm. and so we don't just go into volume where we're just trying to get the bats in everywhere yeah. you know I'm, I want people to want our bats really, which yeah. is great so and you know people are generally seem to be very happy with the product. So, which is and obviously if they're happy, they're going to come back again.
1: Yeah. So kind of what is, what, what would you say is the main kind of differentiation between kind of like Woodstock and any other kind of, with well, the other bats that are kind of out there? Well, I, kind it, of it, I don't want to for... make
3: a comment on that. <laughs> you know, no, no, no. I mean, I, I there's some very good bat yeah. makers, you know, there's an awful lot of companies that just mm. import bats yeah. from Pakistan and India really. So mm they're not they can't do any customization on them at mm. all really um i suppose and that's where we've got an advantage in yeah. terms of there's a few still a few bat makers in the uk and that's where we score because people yeah. can come and get what they want specifically from us you know whereas maybe you know some of the volume brands it it, it tends not to be like that really you yeah. just have to pick get get what you're given sort of thing really sometimes but yeah, I mean that's where we score obviously is especially for club cricketers. Yeah. They like to come and uh choose their bats as well. Yeah, so, especially in Shropshire. I think yeah, yeah, you get yeah. you I don't think you play against a team without
1: at least <laughs> one or two players <laughs> who've got a wood stoppages. I mean, I think is obviously a testament to what such a great job you do, but also kind of the uh the upkeep and the kind of relationship you keep with the people who come and buy the bats and uh, how many people what, what I'm interested in is you kind of like you're working out of like a a, a small little work well yeah, not really yeah. a small little, it's, it's a decent workshop but it yeah. kind of like yeah, yeah, yeah. i assume compared to some kind of operations well you'd be in, you'd be
3: very surprised actually even mm. the real you know it's any of the likes of gun and more and gray nickels that would have mm. what you'd call bigger workshops mm. um but really most of the guys individually mm. bat making you know and hall places mm. like that they're not very big places that make mm. the bats you know i promise you they're all small oh, wow.
4: um
3: it's it's a quite a cottage industry still in the yeah. uk you know if you go to india yes there's some factories that are churning a lot of bats out you know um Obviously, for domestic purposes in India, but also they yeah. they're importing bats over here as well, yeah. and some of the bigger brands will use certain companies in yeah. India to buy their bats from as well. You know, yeah. work with them. Yeah. So yeah, no, but we, we yeah, I, I would say, you know, the bats that we, that's our that's our plus really is that people would like like to come and uh, yeah. customize their bats often. So. So we'll start at the beginning of the process
1: and kind of then work our way to the end Where kind of so you talk about you get given the cleft in how how long will it take and kind of what's the process in the whole like uh, timeline yeah. of making it how so if you were if you were to pick up a cleft
3: today yeah. how what how long would that take you to put it all together and send it out um we tend to so the the, the main um the clefts come in that they're cut into it, it they they come in in a six cut size so they're mm. they're clefts that have been waxed ends mm. and they've been dried for over a year, so mm. they are the right moisture content until they come over here so that with the rain we've had yeah. and then it changes quickly <laughs> um but and then but basically they we we put them on a profiling machine just to get the rough shapes that I want them. Um, with the spine and the edges before I then start to make obviously then the the, the handles are put in as well mm. and the faces are pressed and then we we make them from there so timeline wise um, you know w- w- we can once we've got the wood in we start making generally but we tend to make as I said you know t- 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 we make about 20-25 bats in two batches so I make 10 to 15 bats bats in a batch and then they'll go through all the different sanding processes Mm. um and polishing and binding the handle etc and then labeling finally and toe Mm. guards so they're ready to go you know so it's coming
1: up to pre-season and a lot of people have kind of started nets and as you've already kind of mentioned people are starting to realize oh (laughs) it's time to kind of do some bat maintenance kind of what uh what kind of advice would you give to someone who's kind of in the general upkeep of a bat?
3: Well, one of the key things is obviously, if if there looks to be damage starting in the toe, the mm. toe area is the, the the most, you know, vulnerable spot. Um, the other area, well, let's go on the toe first of all. The toe area it tends to, through tapping on the crease, mm. it will loosen and soften. And obviously, if you get any moisture into the toe, it tends to expand and then contract when it dries. But it'll have, you'll see lots of little um, sort of perforations in the wood, which is basically down the grain of the wood. If they start to open in any way, they really need gluing before mm. you go any further. Because if you just keep going like that, that's when bats crack mm. and you get a lump come off them and that sort of thing. So, really, they need plenty of pva and 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 actually compacting down to mm. to to dry um yeah i mean that with the other area that that is often a problem area is around the handle mm. so where you're using a about obviously the handle handle's flexible when it goes into the splice um it can often over a period of time it'll just gradually wear it'll get softer and as it gets softer it tends to split into the shoulders Mm. people look at it and think the shoulders have gone but actually what's happened is the handle's going so the handle either needs to be opened right up and glued back Mm. or it needs replacing um and that and the the cracks that are in the shoulders can actually be sorted out that's that's not a major problem Mm. So, would you kind of like just record, like just get
1: general sanding, or is it kind of like a process? And when it comes down to sanding uh,
3: when, we, when we refurb, we do a full refurb. So we give it a you know sometimes taking off all the tape that's been put on about takes about <laughs> <laughs> a day. <laughs> but yeah, you take off all the tape and all mm. the other rubbish that's that's that, that's built up over a period mm. of time, and the labels got to come off, all the residue, mm. um, and then we'll be then we'll sand it and we'll give it a light sand basically so it'll look pretty much like new once Mm. we've finished it'll have new labels new face new toe guard if necessary Mm. gluing in the toe if necessary Um, obviously if it's a handle we'll let the customer know Mm. it might need a new handle Um, and uh, and then you know hopefully they get it back and it's ready to go and it looks like new pretty much Mm. So, one of the things you see a lot around the kind of, uh, well,
1: it's about to say circuit, but it's not really a circuit, really. Um, but yeah, a lot around, a lot of bats nowadays tend to kind of like have a cover on. Um, yeah. Would you, what are your recommendations about kind of upkeep with bats yeah, with a I mean, cover? It's
3: become very, it, it became very popular about 15 years ago, covers. People thought it actually elongated the life of a bat. I think at the end of the day, if a bat's got surface cracks and stuff underneath, it's mm. the, the the actual. It may stop a piece coming off, mm. but it's it's sort of hiding underneath. I mean, personally, I put them on probably eighty percent of bats we sell, mm. because people want faces on there. They still need oiling the bats though every mm. year, um, so you've got to take that face off at the end of the season anyway to oil it. Mm. Um, I, personally, I would use a bat that was didn't have a face on it, but mm. uh, that's just a personal choice, you know. Mm. And if I give people the choice, most people will, will mm. say, I'd like a face on it there, please, because mm. they'll find every other company pretty much has a mm. face on it when it arrives to them. So, mm. Is there kind of like a... A sweet spot in
1: in the oiling uh, of a bat kind of thing because I there's lots of people who say one coat, two
3: coats is a kind of would you recommend? Anything? One coat every six months is actually pretty much perfect for a bat. So mm. pre pre season one coat and then at the end of the season one coat before it goes mm. to bed for the winter, that's ideal really. Mm. Yeah, oh. you don't want to be putting more than that on because yeah, I mean. When I was young, we used to stick them in a bucket of oil, you know, <laughs> that would suck it up from the bottom, you know. Um, they were slightly harder pressing, and, and they used to think that by putting oil into them, it mm. would soften the bats. It didn't at all, really. Mm. It was just, it, they, it does help them become more flexible. So that, But then Willow is mm. the most flexible, you know, elastic wood um, that's very light, and it's the perfect, Natural material to use for a cricket bat, really. Mm. Um, that's why it's been so, you know, nothing else has come close to being able to compete with it in terms of making cricket bats, really. Mm. So, when you're
1: looking for performance, are you looking, is there, do you think there's much difference between the amount of, the actual amount of grains? So, would you say there's too much difference between like about sort of that as, say, seven grains and one that has ten? Or is it just kind of, is that again a game of, of, of a personal choice yeah,
4: from the back.
3: each individual piece of willow has its own characteristics. Mm. You know, it may look like it 's the same as the next one, but it doesn 't always work like that it's it 's always a question of when you 're making a bat, you know you get the idea of how it feels mm. off the mallet, and um, you know when it's it 's obviously got to be pressed properly as mm. well, so if it 's pressed properly you 'll find a, sometimes a beautiful looking piece of wood doesn 't necessarily ping quite as much as mm. It will do once it's played in. But a straight off. It doesn't seem like it does. Um, So there is no set rule on it at all. You know. There really isn't. To say. Personally. I like. Willow that's got about. Between 8 and 10 grains. All white. Um, It's sapwood white wood. It means. You know. It's very flexible. um, And it actually. Normally pings beautifully. Off just sapwood. So. Um, I'm not saying heartwood's bad. Mm. It does ping well off heartwood as well sometimes. But and by looking at the pros who like half and half wood a lot mm. of the time, you'd think you know that that. But again, a, each individual piece of wood mm. is different, so it, it all you know. Mm. Um, there's no set rule on it really.
1: Mm. So when we're talking about that as well, what about kind of like knots in bats? Because I know some people actually really like them and think yeah. that they're a bonus. What what are your thoughts on that?
3: Well, there's a difference between a knot and a twig mark, really. Yeah. If it's a slight twig mark, often you'll find... Obviously, when we're making the bats, we're trying to not put the twig marks in the in the actual hitting area. Mm-hmm. They're trying to go on the other end of the bat.
4: Yeah.
3: But if there is one on the hitting area, funnily enough, you'll actually find sometimes they're, they're like firing spots, really, where you've got a twig that's marked... Um, on the face, and it'll actually ping off there. Most incredibly, really, there's no reason for it in particular. Sometimes it can be a dead spot as well, but obviously, if you've got twig marks in the face, it's a slightly mm. lower grade piece of willow. Mm. Um, you don't want a knot in the face, obviously. Mm. I mean, occasionally you get a knot at the back. A twig mark's different to a knot, really, mm. um, but uh, no. Again, each individual piece of willow is. You've got to look at each piece really when you're making a bat, and just see, you know, what you can do the best to make it perform the best, really.
1: All right. So I can I can sense listeners kind of their brains going right twig marks. Yeah. Um, so how can you uh, how can you tell how can you tell the difference between a, a twig mark
3: and t- a twig mark and a knot? Well, a knot obviously is where uh, there's dark, real dark wood that is, you know, that that's sort of where where a branch has been or a twig a branch has Mm. been actually attached to the tree and it's caused a a little hole in it almost so Mm. often they have to be filled because they they sort of they're very soft and hollow inside where the twig where the um, where that mark is a twig mark is just a slight imperfection in the look of the wood so it, it, it you know it's just, you can see there's a little mark in the wood mm. but often that's just where a twig was attached still but it hasn't actually become a knot itself um yeah
1: oh, fantastic so going on to um some some other bits about woodstock itself so uh what i'm really interested in to know is where, where did the name woodstock come from are you kind of like a big f- festival
3: go or uh... <laughs> well part of the, it, it there's a lot of yeah that's a good point actually um <laughs> Most of the guys that bought our bats early on didn't have a clue about the Woodstock Festival. You know, we're too old for for them to know about that. But, no, um, hence, I mean, obviously we used... Um, the name Woodstock really came from a mixture of just brainstorming, but it's a very classic English sort of name. And the way we've had the logo done, obviously, is very classic English type. Um and the cricket co underneath on there. Um but we used to stop in Woodstock on the way up to see my in laws when we lived in the south. And um it just obviously stock of wood, Woodstock. And then the also mm. the 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 parallels with the Woodstock Festival as well. Hence the Airstream bat was mm. our pretty much a a bat with the yeah. silver like the Airstream caravan, you yeah. know. Please, no one on the patent or trademarks, please. <laughs> um, but that was, but, but people didn't realise that no. at the time. But you normally get parents of people who come yeah. that know what we're talking about on that one. <laughs> um, so no, there was no reason really. It was just a good name mm. for for a cricket brand. Really was why we used it. Yeah. Oh, cool. And uh, so things like Tour de Force and things like this. Yeah, like... Tour de Force, Tower of Strength. That means yeah. obviously. So that was, you know. W- we just, you know, we came up with that name um, for, for pretty much our first bat, really, with yeah. the Tower of Strength. Um, so, it was, yeah, good name. The curve was very curvy in the sense that it had a big mm. sort of top l- line on the back, um, quite a big high spine in the middle mm. with big scoops to, the, to either side. So it was really curvy hence the curve, so... Mm.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's like every year you kind of get the cricketer and wisdom, good cricket guide and gear guide, and yeah. you're you're always seemingly up there with, like, that really kind of high ratings, kind of, had Does well, it, it always feel good when you kind of get those? Right. It,
3: um, it was really a surprise... I mean, we were very fortunate to win the best bat in the, um, mm. when it was all-out cricket, you know, the gear test at one stage, and we've won one in... Um, we, we won one with the Tour de Force very early on with um, the Cricketer magazine as well. Mm. Yeah, we've been very fortunate. That at the moment, the new Wisdom Cricket Monthly isn't doing a gear test mm. as such, so um, we we haven't entered anything this year with them. Uh, we put a bat in this year uh, for review with the Cricketer, but they tend to call us a bespoke brand, so yeah. we're sort of putting a, a little... Cubby hole, which is a bit of a shame, um, but yeah, I mean we've we have done extremely well. Really, I try and produce a really nice bat for them to test. Obviously, mm. you know, yeah, and we've we've done really well over a period of time, which has helped, mm. obviously, yeah. Mm. Yeah,
1: it's fantastic. Especially kind of like something because local to Shropshire really. And uh you do quite a lot of stuff for well, the local Shropshire cricketing community as well, and you sponsor yeah. the uh South Shropshire T twenty Smash or is it Smash or Blast? I can't remember it's which a, one it is. Sorry, Matt. Master. Matt Matt is yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Matt's good laughs> friend and he, he's yeah. the one he's the one who organises it. Sorry, Matt, but yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah, we do we do. Yeah, no, we've I've known Matt quite a long time mm. now. And um and Phil Parker at Ludlow, and, th- and then they came. They came to me, and or Matt came to me and asked if what I could I could produce, you know, do all the pink balls when they started that the T Twenty League, mm. um, and um, yeah, we've we've supported that ever s- sort of all the way along, really. Since mm. th- since then, we also do a, um, you know, some stuff with different clubs around the county mm. if we can as well. Obviously, I've got a limited budget to do mm. things, but we try and um, you know work with clubs as well and help them as much as possible you know
4: mm.
1: oh, fantastic so kind of when you first started uh, did you ever expect you'd kind of be in this position and Woodstock would take off as well as it has
3: no I mean it's been um, it's been a real blessing you know I mean I've not uh, you know as I said I just set out wanting to produce a really good mm. product and and be and get job satisfaction from it really mm. And it's um you know, it's been great really. We you know, I say we're not a mass producer, mm. but we produce quite a lot of bats really for a small company. Um and yeah, we we've we've been very pleased obviously with the way it's gone mm. over the sort of ten years now that we've been going, yeah. Mm.
1: So yeah, it's been it's been an absolutely fantastic experience to come here today. And if you're listening and you've never been, and you are basically booking early because it's it's (laughs) it's in high demand to come down, especially this time of year. But yeah, it's definitely a fantastic place to come. And uh, yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure to come and speak to you. And uh, uh, no doubt we'll uh, we'll we'll have some no doubt have people asking all sorts of questions. But um, no, hopefully yeah, if you do want to come on down, get well come down well send him an email send him a message and yeah, uh, sure. come and have a look at some stuff yeah right?
3: well thanks james that's been a pleasure no. to meet you hey well thank you very much <laughs> and uh
1: yeah thank you very much and hope you guys enjoyed it and we'll see you soon yeah we'll do cheers